0: Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. I've been running for a few years now and have the privilege of meeting many incredible runners on my travels all across the country. This podcast is intended to share those amazing conversations. This week's guest is Amanda Basham. Amanda is a trail and ultra runner living in Boulder, Colorado. We spoke about her love for 100 mile races and how she approaches that race distance. She touched on how she trains for the 100 mile distance and how she doesn't feel the need to run anywhere close to that in training and confirmed that it's more about the volume leading up to race day versus any single super long distance training day, which was very reassuring to hear as I'm preparing for a double crossing of the Grand Canyon in just a few weeks. We talked about why she started running and her eating disorder while she was on the volleyball team and her experience with that. She talked about how running gave her the control she needed to overcome her eating disorder as well. We also talked about her experience running the 2013 Boston Marathon and her progression from marathons into longer ultras. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back. I'm here in Boulder with Amanda Basham. Amanda, thanks for joining today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, um as I've done for the last couple of episodes, we're going to get started with the most difficult question of the day. Who is Amanda?
1: You know, that is kind of <laughs> hard. <laughs> um well, I guess I would define myself as a runner, coach and a runner, um and a dog mom. I have 3 dogs that take up kind of all of my time outside of running. Um yeah, I guess. How do you want me to go into that? That's
0: good. So um, you run trails and run lots of trails, long trails, short trails, trails in the U.S., uh, all across the world. Um, what are some of the, the fa- your favorite places that you've run recently?
1: Well, I just got back from Europe and I was, I was in Chamonix, France for a month training for CCC. And I love that area. Um, even outside of the race, it's so different from being over here and the, the culture is much different. People just love it. And I also really like the European diet. (laughs) So (laughs)
0: croissants and
1: yeah. I mean, if I could live on just meat, cheese, and bread and coffee the rest of my life, I totally would. I works much for them, do it yeah. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I've shared some meals with you. That's a, that, that checks
1: out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as I'm drinking my very strong cold brew right now. Um, and I had some bread for breakfast, nice. So I just really like everything over there from the trails to the people, yeah, the whole vibe. And then being there for race week is like a whole different experience.
0: So, what's it like being in that village, being in that area with so many incredible athletes? Um, you know with that excitement of all the races that they have in that week
1: uh it's kind of like the super bowl for ultra running like western states is for north america right. but for the world it feels like for our sport that's kind of like the world stage and so you see everyone you can imagine in the right. sport who's a big name which Is always kind of funny because we're all really good friends, but then we're all walking down the street together and people are saying our names and super excited to take photos. And it's kind of crazy because we all look at the sport as being like, this is just something we really Mm -hmm. love to do. And a lot of us got to the point that we're at not expecting it. right? Like it just kind of evolved into this big thing.
0: I talked with Ian Sharman about this at Western States last year. He was like, you know, I couldn't be LeBron. But I like being LeBron once a week out of the year. Yeah. Where yeah. you know, people come up to him and say, Hey, can you sign my this? Can you can we take photos and stuff like yeah,
1: that? I think that's probably like the closest that we'll ever get to. <laughs> yeah. In our sport.
0: I feel like it'd be overwhelming though. Like it is all the sometimes.
1: time. Um I mean I'm always with people who are a step above me. And so it's cool that I get a little bit of it, yeah. but not so overwhelming that.
0: But I feel you're like you're like more recognizable with your hair. That's it's like true. Very easy. Yeah. Like nobody will mistake somebody else for Amanda.
1: Yeah. So since I've had my hair bright red, so I've always had color in it. Yeah. I've had blonde hair, black hair, purple, whatever. But this is like the most neon yeah. that I've went, and since then, I get more of that, <laughs> and I think it's just because people right. can tell who I am.
0: Right. Um, I remember seeing you at Western States last year, and I think your hair was red, and you were wearing a white shirt, and yeah. the back of your shirt was, was mostly red at mm-hmm. that point.
1: Yeah, pretty much anything that I wear that is white will get stained red. I mean, even just one time of it. Yeah. So I wore a brand new buff hat that was pure white yeah. at Western States. It was super red like by the first aid station
0: so western states um i feel like most people listening to this podcast know what western states is but um you know as you said the super bowl of of american ultra running uh squad auburn 100 miles or 100.2 miles little little loop around the track um what is it you love about western states i know yesterday you were saying you are really good at western states like you you'd You were saying you didn't like 100 milers outside of Western States. (laughs) Or I I may be butchering that, but it was something similar to
1: that. Well, so I'll be clear. Anna Mae told me I was good at Western States. (laughs) And I'd say of my 100 milers, yes. Um, And I think that's because of how runnable it is. The trails are smooth. And naturally, I'm just better at that. I'm not as good at the technical stuff naturally. I really have to work hard on it. Do you like it? I do. Um I used to not like it as much. It was yeah. really frustrating that I just like it it took so much effort yeah. to figure out how to run it whereas like I mean Western States you just run the whole time. It's like the it's probably the sm- one of the smoothest, well maybe not the smoothest, but it's it's an incredibly fast hundred miler. Yeah. Um and there's very little hiking. You pretty much get the hiking at the escarpment. And maybe some short little hiking sections at the end, just because you're so tired.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The uphill for the last five miles.
1: Yeah. But I really like it for a couple of reasons. The volunteers are amazing. You come into the aid station. You could do that race with no crew because they know your name and they're all cheering for you. Like, like they are your best friend and they're on it. Like the second you get in there, like, what do you need filling up your bottles getting you ice, all this stuff. And you're just out of there in seconds. And, and it's really hard to drop there too, because the volunteers will
0: really convince you you, to keep going.
1: So they're amazing. Um, and then the people watching, like if people aren't racing, it's kind of like when you go to Europe, I think you get that same feeling at Western States. Like people really love it and they're there to just enjoy the sport, whether they're Racing or watching, or and sometimes they don't even know people. Like they're just there, yeah,
0: just having having just fun. Have giving fun, giving back, watching. So, what is it about hundred milers that, that you like?
1: Um, you've done a handful now. Yeah, I've done quite quite a few for saying I don't like hundred <laughs> milers. I think I've done like seven or eight. Um, most of the same ones multiple times. Yeah. Um, so,
0: Western States, Run Rabbit,
1: and UTMB. So, yeah, so those are the only ones. And I'm
0: you've done Western States three times
1: um actually four so i got fourth place the first time right dropped the second time fourth place the third time dropped the fourth time <laughs>
0: interesting so yeah. do, are you saying fourth place next year or are we gonna you know
1: i <laughs> i tell people all the time if i get fourth place next year i'm just gonna accept the fact that that's my position <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you'll drop the next year
1: and then maybe i just won't start the next year so that i'll skip have to it yeah it. <laughs> um so, so, yeah, so even what, years only yeah, exactly. Got it. But what I do like about 100 milers, kind of, it's kind of what I do and don't like at the same time. Like they're so challenging. And what I don't like is I get to the point where it's just so long. And it's not like the only reason I don't like that is because it's more challenging for me. Which is also what I enjoy. So it's a very weird yeah. relationship with hundred milers. So it just takes so much more effort for me to figure these things out, and I don't think I've figured it out yet.
0: Is that what excites you about it? Yeah. Like each time you line up, you're like, "Is today the day?"
1: Yeah. I mean, I think even when you do figure it out, hundred milers, you just <laughs> you'd never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, I think that is a very interesting part of it. Like. This year, I felt so fit and ready to like run with Courtney and Claire all day, yep. and then I fell in the snow and got injured. <laughs> like that was not expect- right. Like I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, you
0: can control what you can control, and then like, and then, there's other stuff.
1: Yeah, stuff's gonna happen regardless.
0: So, what are you thinking about on the start line, particularly for Western states where you have like what a five mile hike, four mile hike from the start? What are you thinking about on that line?
1: Um. Races like Western States really excite me. And part of that is because it's so competitive. And so the fact that I'm standing there with, I mean, people who are my best friends and are the best women in the sport, that really excites me. I would rather line up at a race that has tons of competition so that I know that I'm challenging myself and what I place is like is legit it it makes sense it's not like
0: it's not just a time trial
1: yeah um so i'm just really excited like i was so excited at western states and courtney and claire and i just laughed and talked (laughs) the whole time up the escarpment and then (laughs) then we got to the top and courtney just takes off yeah she was on a mission to get a course record claire and i were together for a little bit and then you know then it went from there
0: so how do you break up a race like that? So I know people talk about marathons, you break it up, you know, every ten K. How do you break up a hundred miler?
1: Um, typically by aid stations. Um in the past when I first started, I was thinking of the entire picture. Yeah. And it was way too overwhelming. And so to break it up between like five and eight miles is so much more digestible. And then you just have to think, well, what do I need to do in the next five to eight miles? Right get a couple gels in, some food, drink these two bottles, and then I'm there. And then you do the same thing when you get to the next one.
0: And then repeat 20 times.
1: And then you repeat it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't think of the fact that you have to repeat it. You just go from one to the other. Right. But I actually, I mean, sometimes when it's super hard and I'm just having a tough time, I got to break it up even smaller. So I ran Tushar's, uh 70K prepping for CCC this year. Yep. And I got to a point where there was a climb that was... I think it was like 4,000 feet in a few miles. It was insane. Yep. And I didn't really look at the course before. And so I didn't know that it was there. <laughs> so I left an aid station and I fueled pretty okay, but I was just so lightheaded and it was high altitude. So I was having a hard time breathing and it was towards the end. And I was going flag by flag because <laughs> they had flags all right. the way up this mountain, maybe 20 meters apart. And I was like, oh, I just got to get to the next flag. And I'd get to the next flag, and I'd sit there and try to breathe and bend over. And then, all right, I got to get to the next flag. And that was, that was how
0: so I was, had to make it was that, that an on-the-go change you made? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you weren't thinking about, like, okay, I'm going to start this race and go flag to flag.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you're adjusting on
0: moment. the fly? Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned CCC. Um, you ran 80 miles of Western States this year?
1: Um, I made it to Forest Hill. So 62. So 62,
0: yeah. So was CCC the original plan?
1: It was, um, but I w- was thinking more Western States as my A-race. Right. Um, I I just feel like I need to podium at that race yeah. before I'm done with it. Um, Why? You know, but stuff happens. What's that? Why? I don't know. I think because, I mean, I think it's a couple things. I I... Really like that race. It's like the race in our sport, right. at least for for Americans. Us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because it's so competitive to podium, there just
0: means you got the best out of yourself, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So why do you think that so many Americans don't do well at UTMB?
1: Um. Well, so I noticed this year a lot of them show up pretty late. I mean, it's hard because it's a lot of travel, right? And a lot of people work normal jobs. Right. so I was fortunate to you be able to go five, over there for yeah. a month. And it made a huge difference. Um, and then those technical downhills are insane. <laughs> you can get technical trail here, but it's not as steep. Right. And it just goes and goes and goes. And then you do it again.
0: When you say it goes and goes and goes, is it miles? Is it yeah. how long for a descent?
1: Um, I mean, several miles typically, and it's all technical. Yeah. And it's really, it's, I mean, a steep grade, like a 40% sometimes, wow. which is super hard. Um, I mean, I even got like a, a pretty bad blister on my foot just because... Just from the pounding? The, yeah, because I didn't tie my shoes tight <laughs> enough. I had to stop a couple times, but I think I think those two things are probably the main thing. You hear about a lot of people going over there and getting sick during the race, and I think it's because they show up a few days before and it's a huge time difference. Right. They're basically sleeping when we are going to bed when we wake up. Right. And for me, that makes a big difference. Plus traveling on a plane with a bunch of people, it's kind of like, right. An easy so, and then
0: how do you deal with the, the late start? What is it? Six o'clock start?
1: Yeah. So CCC, uh, well I've done UTMB, but CCC is completely civilized. It starts <laughs> at 9am. Right. And it was done by 930 PM. That's not bad. It was so awesome. <laughs> I woke up and got a coffee at the coffee shop. had some
0: meat and cheese and bread. (laughs) (laughs) Another coffee, a red eye. Uh,
1: Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Um, I think I had a couple croissants before the race and during. Um, Yeah, and it was great. And the 6 p.m. start when I did that a couple years ago was really hard. Um,
0: Do you think a lot of people end up dropping because they can't? manage that. You hear a lot about like stomach issues and things like that and like I can't do a 4 mile run starting at 6 p.m.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's hard because you kind of it's hard to know what to eat and right. when. It's hard to sleep, especially if you're staying at a house full of people. Right. Which tends to happen. Um it's just weird. And you know, I've thought maybe it would make more sense to not be adjusted to the time. Because then your body would and kind of like
0: noon or 10.
1: Yeah. So that would actually be better. But I don't know. I think it just your body just kind of freaks out yeah. going over there. And in order to feel 100%, I think you have to go early.
0: So if it's not conducive to success, why are so many people doing it?
1: Um, Probably because of that reason. I mean,
0: to like to figure out the puzzle. Yeah. It's just like more variables to figure out.
1: There's so many variables. Yeah. And it's UTMB is gnarly. I mean, it is so hard to figure out and, and then you're lining up against the best people in the world. Right. It's insane. So
0: it's all these variables and the competition is
1: yeah. incredible. Yeah. Got it. Which is like kind of scary, but that's also why it's really exciting. Right.
0: Cool. Um, how did you progress from, okay, let's, let's take a few steps back. Why did you go for your first run?
1: First run ever. First run ever. Um. Wow. Okay. Um. Well, that we was... got the
0: hard hitting questions on this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just have a terrible memory. Um.
0: First, few, not maybe not a first run, but like one of your first. Why did you start running?
1: Well, so I started running. I've talked about this a few times, but I started running for kind of a bad reason. Um. So I had a pretty bad eating disorder, mm-hmm. and. I was approached by my volleyball coach about it. And so, I mean, if you understand eating issues or any kind of mental issues, if you're kind of in that denial phase and you just get pissed if someone asks you right. about it or kind of confronts you. So I quit volleyball and I thought that running would make a lot of sense because no one would question me about it because runners are all skinny and, you know, cause they run a million miles. Right. And so I joined the cross country team. I also really liked the coach Um, so, and he was, he was my biology teacher, so I knew him pretty well. Um, so I started that way and then for a really kind of negative reason, and then I started doing it and felt amazing. It was like the only time where I felt like that problem wasn't taking up all of my time because when you have an eating problem, I mean, you just think about it all day. How did you,
0: how did you overcome that?
1: Um. Well, when I I started liking running so much because it was that only part of the day where I you didn't were in feel, control. Well, I didn't feel anxious yeah. or like, what am I going to eat the next meal? How many calories is it? Right. Like, it's insane. The stuff that just goes through your mind—it's so silly. But like, like to once you get over it and think about it, it seems very silly. But it's like such a hard thing to get over when you're so consumed in it right. and thinking. Like you want to be super skinny, and then you always think that you're not, and just all of these crazy things. And so, anytime I'd go to practice, I felt great, and I would never think about those things. And I think part of it is that um, the people I was around too, like the people in cross country, are very similar to like the trail world. Um, they're so nice, like the greatest people ever. Even in high school, where you know teenagers can be right. ruthless. Um, so that was awesome. Just being around kind of better people too. And so I got, I got so into it and then I was naturally just kind of good at it. And one of the kids on the team told me that he thought I could win the district championships my first year at cross country. And at first I didn't believe him really. And then I kept getting better every race. And so I was thinking like, what can I do to be better at this, to, to do even better than I'm doing and maybe win districts and go to state and all this stuff. And I knew that being healthier was part of that. Like,
0: how I mean, did you know that?
1: Well, I was learning. So because this was consuming so much of my time, I was teaching myself about nutrition mm-hmm. and, um, I was taking a lot of like any kind of physiology class I could take or whatever.
0: This was um, in high school
1: in high school. Yeah. It went into college, but this is when it first began was high school. Um, And so, I mean, I knew it's a really weird thing because I knew that not eating all day (laughs) is not a good way to go about anything. But I just, I didn't do it just because it's just this weird thing that consumes your time and you think that anything you eat is going to make you fat. And, but because I knew about nutrition and I knew in order to, to be athletic and healthy, I had to eat better. And for me, eating better just meant eating more. Because um, what I was eating was fine. It was right. like rabbit food. <laughs> but hardly anything. Right. I mean, I'd go through Enough
0: the, for a rabbit, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'd go through the day with like 500 calories. Wow. And I was waking up before before school and going to the gym with some friends, going to school all day, going to cross-country practice or meet or whatever. And I'd have like 500 calories.
0: Were you getting injured were you healthy
1: you know i wasn't i wasn't getting injured um when i ran roads after college i had a little bit of knee issue but in Mm -hmm. high school i wasn't but i think that's just because got lucky i mean you're young like you can deal with a lot of stuff i also like um as far as chronic injuries acute is a little different like if you fall obviously sprain your ankle you can't really do a whole lot about that um, but with chronic injuries, I don't really get them often, um, and I hate saying that because I'm a little like, oh no, now this is going to happen. But, no, but um,
0: you're doing the right things. You're being smart about training and recovery and nutrition. And...
1: Yeah, but but in high school, I definitely wasn't right um, until I kind of realized that I needed to be. But even then, yeah, I didn't just didn't get injured.
0: Huh. I'm not sure why. So that's your beginning. Uh, with running cross country is very short compared to hundred milers. How did you move up in, in this distance?
1: So I ran cross country. I've got to go back a little bit. So, so I ran cross country in high school. That was my first year. And so then I, uh, had the, uh, ability to run in college. And so I ran two years in college and I just wasn't enjoying it really. Um, and so I actually transferred schools and I tried to get on the team at Oregon state and the coach wouldn't let me try out. So my only option was to run roads. So I started running, um, half marathons and then I got kind of bored of that and ran marathons and I enjoyed marathons, but, um, I actually ran, I ran Boston a couple of times and then got injured and trying to get back into running. I had no, like I wasn't purposely trying to get into trail running, but trying to get back into running, um, one of my friends suggested that I run the trails because the pounding was less and maybe I could do it with this injury kind of healing. And so, so I started doing that and I, nothing hurt and I just loved it. And so, of course. And when? When was that? Um, let's see. So that was I was out of college. Um, I had a neuroma in my foot. Was the injury after Boston, but uh,
0: what year did you run Boston? Or you said you ran it a couple. So times? the
1: first year was the bombing year. Oh wow. Um, and it was my second year at Boston that this happened. So. Twenty
0: twelve, twenty
1: thirteen. I think two thousand thirteen was the bombing yep. year. So two thousand fourteen got it is when this happened. Um. Yeah, and I, I just really loved it, and so then kind of like we all do now, you know, I'm like looking at races and right. and thinking there is nothing shorter than a 50k because then there really wasn't. There's more now, right. but I was in empowered.
0: terms of trail, trails? yeah, for
1: trail. So I was like, all right. I mean, I ran a marathon. <laughs> I can probably run a 50k. That's
0: that's reasonable.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I definitely <laughs> learned it's a little harder than just. You know, running the same thing, but on trail, which I think a lot of us end up learning. Um, But I still really liked it. And I think I liked it because of the, the challenging part. And even if the race (laughs) is not going well, you're in a beautiful place right? and whatever, you can walk it out. You're with great people. No one really cares that you're maybe bonking and not getting first place.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had a conversation with Kara Goucher a couple of days ago, and she was like, you know, she came in sixth at the Leadville Marathon, and she was like, yeah, I almost didn't go to the um, to the award ceremony. I thought people were going to laugh at me. Um, they didn't care. They were just like, hey, how, how was it? Yeah.
1: Well, and I'm sure for her, too, like in the road world, right? It, it's just a lot different, especially yeah. at her level. For sure. And even at the top level in trail running, people are still like that. Right like you might have a top pick for who's going to win UTMB right and they'll bomb and DNF and it still doesn't matter like we're all hanging out no one's no one cares it's more it's almost more for yourself
0: yeah totally it's more about like what did you get out of yourself on that day yeah um i love that about the the trail world um i want to go back to boston real quick what was it like running in 2013 and i'm guessing you finished a little bit before maybe a lot before the bombing happened
1: yeah so 2013 i think i ran a 314 mm-hmm. and i so, think it was in
0: like the 345 to four yeah, hour range
1: it was like right at the four hour range yeah. I think. and so i had finished and i was at a coffee shop on the street that's parallel to boylston
0: newberry i think so yeah,
1: yeah. and it was in a mall so we had no idea what, what was happening and got a phone call um, from my in-laws at the time. And because they were on the street by the second bomb. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they were far enough away. It was OK, but they were pretty close. And so they called us and told us what happened. And it was almost like, what?
0: Like, like are you joking?
1: Yeah. Like, how did there's no way? Right. So we start leaving the mall. And there was this, I remember this so well, there was this staircase that kind of took you up. And when you got to the top, the entire wall was a window. So you could see the street. Right. And so as we got to the top of the escalator, um, you could just see everyone sprinting down the road, like side by side. Cause there were so wow. many of them. I mean, thousands like
0: a wall of people. of
1: people running. Yeah. It was insane. So insane. It felt like a movie. Yeah. And then we had to go outside and, and, um, no one knew if there were more bombs and there was no transportation all transportation right, was it shut down um cell phones didn't work anymore and we just started running like out of the city it was insane i had just ran the marathon right. and then we're running out <sighs> of the city jesus and we had to go we were staying all, all the way in arlington and so we we walk ran like
0: it's like 15 ten- to 20 miles yeah it's like 10 miles yeah
1: and then um maybe we were further than Arlington. I'm pretty sure it was Arlington because then we went that far and then finally transportation was open because we were far enough out of the city. And then we took a bus to where we were staying. It was insane. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, that was a really, really crazy moment. Like, I was legitimately scared of another bomb going off or just no one knew what was going to happen. Yeah,
0: it was like a really strange... Strange time. So I, I was living at home at the time and I almost went to the finish line that, that day. Oh, wow. And so I, home for me at the time was Needham, which is one town over from Newton, which is one of the, the towns that the race goes through also Wellesley, which is at the halfway point. So for whatever reason that day I was feeling pretty lazy. And then, so I went to, to Wellesley instead of the finish line. And oh, wow. I was like, holy shit. Like I would have been right there. That's insane. I think about that like a lot.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, and have you seen that movie that they did? No, the, uh, I Dick can't Joe watch
0: Hall?
1: that. Oh my gosh. I lived
0: that. So like, we were, we were in. Let's see, that was twenty third April, twenty thirteen. So it was the it was like the strangest thing ever. You didn't know what was happening. I was working downtown, and and I like. You couldn't go around anywhere. The next day, the next day is actually what got me into running. That day was what got me into running. But the next day, I drove my car to Newton, which is just past Heartbreak Hill. I parked like next to Heartbreak Hill and ran into Boston. I was wearing my blue and yellow. Uh, I was wearing the Vibram five fingers, stupidest, (laughs) stupidest idea in the world. Um, And I ran, I ran into Boston. Like not really knowing what was going on. This was still during like the whole manhunt. Oh, Um, okay. And there were police everywhere. There were like like police SWAT teams with these huge rifles. It was like I was running in like Afghanistan. It was crazy. And I made it to Hereford and a cop was like, son, you cannot be here right now. And I was like, this is where I turn around. (laughs) And then I ran back. And that was my first half marathon. Oh, no way. Yeah. And then. I never ran before that. I had run like five miles. Oh, wow. And so it was like totally untrained, just like on pure adrenaline. Yeah. And, and I was like, holy shit, this running thing is like, it, it was my way to like connect to Boston. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the, the rest of the week happened and like there was the shootout and like all this crazy stuff it's like this is our fucking city that that there's a like a terrorist running through yeah it was, it was insane. insane okay long tangent back to trails <laughs> that's a cool story though yeah no it's getting into it. it's um the best part so the story would be great with the exception of i got a stress stress fracture oh from, no <laughs> from running an untrained half marathon yeah. in five fingers yeah. um so Everything else was, it was like, okay, this, this running thing is cool. I feel this connection to, um, to my city, to, to these people. Um, and that's what got me into it. Okay. So back to you. Um, so you ran a couple of marathons, you're into your first 50 K. Um, how do you go from 50 K to hundred miles? One of the questions that somebody was curious to hear about was, you know, training for your first 50 miler. What does that look like? because that's well, far.
1: You know, it, it is. Um, but I think the mistake that people do when they first get into it is like, well, I just have to run more. Yeah. Um because really, I mean, it of course it's more volume at some point, but um you don't it's not crazy different from training for a marathon. It is different. So, um I want to be careful on how I say that, but it's not like you're going to go run a hundred hours a week. Right. You know? Um,
0: I mean, there are plenty of people that will run a hundred miles on 20 mile long runs, right? Not many, but there are people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. I mean, I never do, unless I do a race before, I don't do more than like a 30 mile training run. Um,
0: for Even for a hundred?
1: Even for a hundred. Yeah a lot of times i end up doing like a 100k Traverse race yeah or um yeah or like a 100k race um or like i did tusher's 70k mm-hmm. for ccc so i'll plan it out that way if there's enough time in between um but outside of that it won't be more than like a 30 mile training run because it's more about the overall during the months that you're training, it's more about your overall volume and how many workouts you get mm-hmm. in versus just
0: one just big, day. One big yeah. day.
1: So I think people have to be careful with that. And I think knowing that is what helps me stay away from injuries. Um, because it's really easy. Like I feel like I've been into physiology and all this stuff for so long. It's, it's easy to forget how little people know about that stuff. Mm hmm. And so, if I'm trying to, like, think about other people in their shoes, it would totally make sense that if you know nothing about that, well, you're running longer. Right. So, put in more miles or more hours. And then how do they know where... Like, what's the, the limit? limit is. Yeah. You get injured. And then you get injured. And that's your limit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So... It's not it's not a whole lot different. I guess if people really want if people really don't know, I'd definitely advise them to get a coach. Yeah.
0: So you coach, right? I do. So tell tell me more about that.
1: Um well, so I've done it since college. Um always more part-time because I worked a normal job until a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And now I coach full-time and run.
0: Cool. What's it like um helping other athletes achieve their goals?
1: I love it. I actually really prefer to work with like people that are more new um, and maybe not new runners. I mean, those two, but sometimes just new to trail running Mm -hmm. Um, and seeing people experience what we've all experienced with like what Kara said, like the, like people's attitudes, because then it reduces a lot of that anxiety of going to a race and being there with thousands of people at this road marathon and, you have got to hit these splits, right. six minute miles. I think that's pretty intimidating. And when you show up to a trail race, and they're and some of them are like, stand by this tree and this is the start line, <laughs> <laughs> and then they just count. Okay, I'm gonna go. light
0: this cigarette, and then you're you're gonna start running. <laughs> yeah, they actually do that in Europe.
1: I saw a guy smoking on the way to the start. C C C. But yeah, and so I. The best thing I like about it is, I think because I'm so involved in like the performance side as, I guess, kind of my job now, um, I really like the more like health and fitness side. And maybe that's because of how I got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, like helping people get through kind of mental barriers that aren't even related to running. Because to me, running can fix a lot of that. Right. Um, Or at least help you get the clarity to be able to fix those other problems. Um, And then just feel better about yourself. So I really enjoy that part of helping people.
0: Cool. Do you do any mental training for yourself? Like Um, any reading, any meditation?
1: So I've started reading more. That definitely helps. Um, I don't really do the meditation. Um, I feel like what I've done for mental training is instead of going into a race, like in the last year, I'd say going into my races knowing I need to stay positive and not freak out if I'm not feeling good. And so that has really helped me um, to just remind myself that, okay, I just need to calm down, take a few minutes to walk and kind of figure out what I need to do to feel better. And then my attitude has been a lot more positive throughout all my races. Cool. And really, I can't I can't claim, like I can't take all the credit for my mental training. I've honestly learned from Courtney Dewalter. She is amazing. So calm. And when I first met her, I met her a long time ago at Run Rabbit. And I had no idea who she was. And she shows up, you know, in her long shorts. Right. And it's like a couple minutes before the race. And I looked at her and I'm like, are you racing? <laughs> I seriously said that to her. She won that year, by the way. Um, she's like, yeah, I'm racing. I had no idea who she was. So I'm just thinking like, all right. I mean, this girl is just really going to just have a fun day, I guess.
0: <laughs> she probably did.
1: Totally judging her. I know. Yeah. Um, I wasn't like trying to judge her in a bad way. It was just like she, she didn't look serious. I yeah. didn't take her seriously. And I was out there to win. Right. And <laughs> I had a terrible time. <laughs> terrible. And so
0: have you talked with her about the mental training and that stuff or the, the no, positive mindset or I, just I sort of like mirroring to her? It?
1: I mean, I've told her because now I know her a lot better. Right. And I've told her like, she's just so calm that I wish I could be that way. And I am, I am now, but initially I wasn't. Yeah. And I
0: mean, I remember this year for Western States, like we stay in the same house. I couldn't imagine like the, it was so cool to see like the mental, place you were in you were like fired up every single day like oh "Oh my god i slept for 10 hours last night (laughs) like i feel like a million bucks it was so cool to see
1: yeah and i didn't used to be like that i used to be (laughs) super like high strung yeah i'd be i'd be calm in life right but i couldn't translate that over to running right i'd be so high strung and nervous and just realize it doesn't do you any good. Right. It wastes so much energy.
0: I think that's like a huge understatement. That like worrying doesn't get you very far. But it's like, how do you stop that worrying? And how do you get into that place of like, I'm just gonna chill the fuck out, and whatever happens, happens. Like, how do you get there?
1: Well, it, it's hard because we all have these really big goals, right? And most people who line up to Western States in the like elite crowd are there to podium or to win or place fourth or place fourth? <laughs> always a freaking bridesmaid, man. <laughs> um, or, you know, top 10, right. or whatever. Um,
0: get invited back next year.
1: Yeah. So you can at least get invited back and just have a chance to do even better. Right. And so it is very hard. It's a lot easier to say, well, just relax and like let things work out the way they're going to work out. And, you know, I, I, I think you just have to get you have to let yourself be at the point where you have you have this goal, but you've got to understand that it's not a life or death situation. Like if if that's if that's not what ends up happening, it's okay. Right. As long as you can cross and say that you put in every effort that you possibly could have.
0: So Scott Fauble is a road marathoner and road racer that has a really interesting perspective on this and he says if you don't define yourself by your failures, why do you define yourself by your successes? So basically what he's saying is you have 24 hours to 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 celebrate or to cry about it and then move on. And like race day is not the end all be all. And it's really interesting coming from someone like him who trains also as his job. Um, I think it's just a fascinating perspective there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've never heard him say that, but I think that that's a great way to think mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of times people do, especially when this is your job. I see that happen more often with athletes who are like full-time athletes right. because you, you work and work and work up to this huge thing. And then you're at race week and it's so exciting. And then you have a really bad race that you, that was not your plan at all, right? And so it's easy to get, at least it used to be for me, it used to be very easy to get into kind of this slump of like, well, why am I even doing this full-time? And am I even good enough to achieve the things that I'm trying to? Um, And, you know, you do just have to realize that this sport is not predictable. So sometimes you're going to have a bad day, and sometimes you're going to have a great day. Right. And one race doesn't define who you are as an athlete. I told, um, so Brittany Peterson ran CCC, and she was really bumming hard on, her performance and she, I, th- I can't remember what she got. She got in the top 20. It was like 17th or something, but she had some bad nutrition problems and she had such a great race at Western that I think going from like that,
0: right, the high that
1: high to the low was kind of, she was having a hard time with it. Um, and I was telling her the same exact thing. Like she's a phenomenal athlete and I totally understand being disappointed about the race, but that one race, doesn't define who she is as an athlete. Like she's amazing. And as long as she just uses it as a learning experience, Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, what did I do wrong to cause this? That's what I can do. That's what I can work on next time to do better. Then it's all fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just another, it's just like a, a workout. It's like another piece of feedback that you can use to make adjustments.
1: Yeah. I mean, and honestly, I mean, it's so cliche, but like I've learned so much more about, uh my running and myself from all of the failures that I've had than the successes.
0: Yeah. Well, it's cool because like you can have a bad race that you get through or you can have a bad workout that you get through and it can be a propellant. Like I can do whatever I want. I can do anything type of thing. Yeah. So what does post-race look like for you?
1: Um, As far as training or?
0: Yeah, training, life, sleep.
1: Well, (laughs) I usually am like the most relaxed ever. Um, that difference isn't as big as it used to be because I'm pretty relaxed all the time, but I'm so relaxed after a race. Um, whether it went good or bad, it's just like, it's done. So you can finally, I always give myself at least two weeks, no matter the distance, hundred milers are typically three to four weeks. Um, of just kind of chilling out and hanging out with family and friends and having a few more drinks than I normally would and maybe not caring that I go to bed at 9 o'clock because I have to do a workout early morning or right. something. Um, and so this last bit after CCC has been like the ultimate. Um,
0: all the meat and cheese all and croissants, and cheese. but that's not any different than any other uh, oh. day of the week.
1: No, no. I mean, food food isn't really uh, – big thing that changes yeah. for me. I have to just, I just follow like how I feel.
0: I think that's the cool thing about, about the trail world that like, it's j- like you just eat a lot and yeah. it's like, just, you got to get it in.
1: Yeah. Well, and um, so like when I was training for CCC, um, I had a pizza every night the the two weeks of like my really big training weeks there. And I mean aside from that it was like it was insane. I could not stop eating. I was so hungry all the time. And so I just I have to go with that. And I think it it might be a little bit different for people who have had eating problems in the past. Um because I can't focus on you know eating a specific way or you know cutting out certain food groups or any of that. Um because it takes me to a bad place. Right. So I stay much healthier mentally i mean and physically right if i just eat how i feel so if i want a pizza
0: you eat a pizza i
1: eat a pizza usually it's the entire pizza <laughs>
0: my coach has a line every pizza is a personal pizza if you just believe in yourself
1: <laughs> yeah oh that's perfect <laughs>
0: <laughs> and most pizzas are personal pizzas
1: they are yeah
0: well cool so what's ahead what what are you excited about in the next three months six months
1: So, for now, I'm doing Ultra Trail Cape Town this year, which is end of November. Mm -hmm. So, I'm super stoked for that. Um, I love 100K distance. I haven't been to Cape Town. I've heard nothing but great things about being there. Um, Some of my friends are racing. So, just sounds like a really fun time for me.
0: Cool. How are you going to deal with the time change there?
1: Well, so, it actually, to me, it's um, not as big of a deal. Because I think they're like 20 hours ahead or something. Oh, wow. Well. Is that right? I don't know. Um, I th- I'm i pretty sure they're more like a day ahead, which... In South Africa? Yeah, right? Aren't they uh-huh. like 20 hours ahead? Um, I went to Kilimanjaro this last year, and I, I can't remember for sure. Cause yeah. I've, I've been to different places <laughs> this year. Um, I don't think they have as big of a difference. Whereas like in France, it's completely opposite. Yeah. Because it's only nine hours, eight or nine hours. Um, so, but I am going two weeks early. So, that'll be enough time, not really to like get a bunch of training in, right. but just to... Adjust. Uh, be rested from the travel, because the travel's insane. Mm-hmm. It takes so long. It's like
0: three flights?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Keely was telling me about it. it was like four for her from... Portland.
1: Yeah, she was a little spoiled last year, though. She got first class, man. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. I think she had some delta points or something. I don't know. Um, That would be really nice. But Put so the I'll legs be there. up. Oh, yeah. I'll be there early enough to be rested and even to probably adjust to the little time difference that there is.
0: Cool. So you live in Boulder now or just outside of Boulder? I do. Um, Or you live here again. So what's it like um, being back here? For, I, for the three minutes you've been here.
1: Yeah. So I've been here for about a week now, but I got here and immediately drove to the steamboat to crew my friend Tessa. At who Run-Rabbit, crushed it? Who crushed it. She got third. She did so awesome. It was her first 100 miler. Um, so I have been here for about a week and I just keep coming back to Colorado. So I've lived here. This is my third time <laughs> living here. Uh, I don't know why I ever leave, but my first time was in college for an internship and I didn't even trail run then I was running, I was training for my first road marathon, which was Eugene marathon in 2012. And I don't know why I loved it so much. I think partially because they get so much sun here. Yeah. And I'm from Oregon where it's cloudy. Just balancing like it out, yeah. out of the year. Um, I just had a really good time. Like the people were amazing and um, I really made it, I wanted to come back after college. So I didn't make it back until 2015. It was the end of 2015, beginning of 2016, I think. Um, and, oh no, I was here in 2015. So I lived here then and I lived here for about a year and a half. And then I moved to Utah for a couple years and now I'm back. And, um, I chose to come back to Boulder rather than like Manitou Springs where I was. um, because there's it's just such a great training atmosphere here with all the people um i mean the people here are unreal yeah so so awesome even i mean and not just runners all of them most of them are runners (laughs) because we're in boulder um but yeah i mean you've got you've got all types of levels all any event or group run you can possibly imagine
0: Well, I mean, it was just wild. Yesterday we were at this group run and like half of the people there were pro athletes.
1: I know. It's awesome. It was so cool. But then you've also got people who are like, oh, it's my first trail run. Right. But we're all running together. Yeah. And I love that.
0: Yeah, that was really cool. There was one guy that was like, this is this is completely new to me. And like these people are incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, One of the guys behind me uh, running back, I remember he was telling me about how he's really trying to learn how to run these technical trails. Cause it was kind of a technical downhill section, um, because he's going to run his first trail race. And he asked me if I had ever ran a trail race <laughs> and it was so like, I just love, I'm just like, yeah, like, yeah. I've been for a few years and I, <laughs> I just love that. I love the new people yeah. who are just totally new to the entire situation. Um, and learning everything. Cool. And the fact that they're running there. Yeah. With like 10 pro athletes, they don't even know. right. <laughs> um,
0: one of the, one of the people that was there said she, she turned around at one point and she was in, she was like swallowed up by a group of like four pro women. She was like, this is so cool. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but it's that's like, awesome. that's, that's just, that's Boulder average. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Cool. Well, Amanda, thanks so much for doing this. Um, we'll be rooting for you in Cape Town and, and uh, for a podium spot at Western States next year.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Of
0: course. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run, and in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.